All right, let's get started. Thank you everyone for joining us both on Discord and on Twitter. Today, uh, in this AMA, we'll be covering part two of our tokenomics, which we released uh, two days ago, I think. So yeah, let's just get right into the questions. Um, for those who aren't aware, you can post your questions in the AMA questions channel in our Discord. So yeah, let's get to the first question. <clears throat> we have Benox asking, can you please recap the distinction between the NFT project and the IDO? Because I feel like there are members of the community who still can't describe this. Yeah, so I guess one of the issues is that like a lot of people assume there's a strong connection between the NFTs and our token, the LFNTY token. And um, if you have a flare, then you do get 1% of the uh, elephant UI supply. Um, or not to you, like the all flare holders collectively will receive 1% of the token supply. So that is basically as far as the connection goes. Other than that, um, the two things are basically entirely, entirely separate. Um, so let's see, how else should I describe this? So I think <clears throat> the way to think about the flares is that they are basically their own independent liquidity provider. Um, their liquidity comes from, uh, the funds we raised in the NFT sale. We basically just deposited it all into our liquidity pools. And um, yeah, that keeps growing. And so in that sense, they're basically a liquidity provider. And then as a bonus, they get 1% of the token supply. On the other hand, we have the LFNTY token, which will be our governance token. This is not released yet. Uh, we're gonna have an IDO um, at the end of March or in April. And this will, yeah, so I guess one important distinction is that the the flares, what do they govern? They govern the flares that we buy back um, using the trading fees and the uh, royalties. And that is the only thing that they govern. They do not govern uh, the Lefinity, the DEX. Um, and then you have the LFNT UI token. This is the governance token of Lefinity, the DEX. Uh, we'll get into the details of what exactly Elephant UI will be governing in a future article in the tokenomics series. But yeah, basically the flares govern the bot back flares and then Lefinity tokens govern Lefinity's DEX is the TLDR. I hope that's clear enough. Is there, if there's any other um, distinctions that I need to make between the two, just let me know and I can clarify. Uh, good question because it's a point of common point of confusion. So yeah, thanks for that. All right, next question. We have Chris Stewart asks, um, I'm new here one week and I'm not sure what the benefit of my cool looking NFT will be after the IDO. Thanks. Okay, so 
let's see. After the IDO, the thing that changes is that after the IDO is when we're going to begin distributing the LFNTY tokens, the 1% of the supply that we've promised to the flare holders. So right now, we're not um, distributing that because the LFNTY token isn't even live yet. So after the IDO, that token will go live and then we'll begin the distributions to the flare holders. Um, so what will be the benefit of your NFT after the IDO? So basically nothing changes. The value accrual mechanisms through the trading fees and the royalties that are used to both buy back the flares from the market and also to reinvest into the liquidity pools that's generating the trading fees for the buybacks. Those will just keep going on. They will continue forever. So yeah, I hope that answers that question. All right, moving on, we have JY3D asks, how does staking multiple NFTs work or will it? Um, right, so as some of you know, we have like huge holders, namely um, our largest holder is Norbert from Synthetify. He has over 1000 flares. So if he had to stake them one by one, that would kind of suck. <laughs> so we are looking into ways to make that easier. Um, how, how you could stake multiple flares at once or have the transactions be generated automatically for all of them. And then you can just do the auto approve thing on Phantom. Then it'll just like do all of them for you at once, like something like that. We're thinking of um, the way to make it as painless as possible for those holding multiple NFTs. Uh, maybe that wasn't what you're referring to. Sorry if it's not. You can um, uh, reiterate, put it in different words if I missed it. And then the second part of your question, why the four-year lock, not a burn slash swap four years forever? Um, I'm confused. I I suspect you might be mixing the... NFTs with the LFNTY token mechanisms. So again, they're totally separate. So the four-year lock is 100% just a LFNTY token thing. Um, you will not lock your flares. Flares are going to be staked. And that's just a way for us to easily keep track of who we should be distributing the LFNTY tokens to. Um, because we're not going to be giving LFNTY tokens to those who, for example, have their flare listed on the market. And we're also not going to give it to the flares that we've bought back. So if we just limit it to people who have it staked in our program, it, it really simplifies um, how it works. It's easy to keep track of who should be given these LFNTY distributions. Uh, and that's why we're going with that model. Um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. And oh wait, you you uh, added something on. Let's see, you said, since only the four year gets tokenized, why make it able to swap, swap back, not flares? Okay, so you're talking about the VE Lafinity tokens. Why four year lock? 
not a burn. So I'm not sure why a burn would make sense. Like if you locked your tokens and then they get burned, then you just have nothing. Um, or you mean the elephant UI tokens? Oh, so you're saying, why not when you lock your elephant UI tokens, instead just burn them and then just get the elephantity instead, I think is what you're saying. Um, I haven't thought about that. Let's see. Let me try to think about it right now. <laughs> So that would definitely be a positive for LFNTY. It would be like a supply shock. Um, I guess the downside is like you're basically burning your capital. You will never get that LFNTY back because you can't unlock it and then get access to it later to sell. So it's like... Um, so like two effects here. One is that, yes, very positive for the price of Lefinity because like you're probably gonna burn a bunch. Um, on the other hand, this makes it much less likely for people to want to lock because as I explained earlier, like you're burning your capital and you're never gonna get access to it again. You're exchanging the value of Lefinity for VE Lefinity, which gives you access to protocol revenue. Um, so like people have to think very carefully about that because in our current model, you keep your Lefinity, it's just locked. So it'll take time for it to unlock and for you to be able to realize uh, or yeah, uh, get access to those tokens to sell for a profit or whatever, even while you still get access to the protocol revenue. But with this burn model, like you would permanently lose access to those elephant UI tokens. So people, like you see the the, the trade-off there, it's like much less appealing to make that trade. And so, I don't know, I feel like in the end, it's, it's too much of a cost. It would make people lock much, much less is kind of my gut take on this. So yeah, I think that's why. Hope that makes sense. Let me take a sip. All right, interesting idea though. All right, Benox asks, the Lefinity Dex will have its own Lefinity USDC pool. Can you describe how this is funded and maintained? This pool is basically the on-off ramp for acquiring Lefinity and selling Lefinity, correct? Or correct? Yeah, that is correct. Um, so how are we going to fund this? Basically, we're going to use funds from our IDO. So it'll be a model similar to what um, Solend did. They basically just took a portion of the USDC they raised in their IDO, and they matched it with um, uh, Solend tokens from their treasury, and then just put that in a liquidity pool. And uh, I really like this model because um, especially because you don't need to do liquidity mining, which I think is just, um, it's not, it's basically like not good for anyone. And you have tons of liquidity from the start and it's not dependent on liquidity providers. Like the protocol owns it and yeah, you, you have it right from the start. It's stable. 
Um, yeah, so that's basically the plan. And uh, yeah, so the, we're, we're going to bootstrap it with a specific amount. And then we'll see like whether like that's enough. And if it's not enough, then like there's plenty of options for adding liquidity to that. Like, especially with our protocol, because like we have this whole mechanism for acquiring liquidity, right? So we could use that for our Lifinity USDC pool if we wanted to. Um, but yeah, there you have it. All right, G Infill asks, do you think the growth of the community is relatively beneficial to the holders or should we expand a bit? Um, uh, not sure I understand your question. I think growth of the community is definitely beneficial. Um, or do you mean, wait, yeah. I'm wondering if you're talking about like the Flare community and the like, I don't know, like the IDO participants differently or something. Um, I mean, like in general, I don't see why expanding wouldn't be beneficial. Seems like it, that's beneficial to like every protocol always. Um, maybe you can expand on your question a bit. Feel like I might be missing the point. All right. JY3D asks, since Lifinity released over, or yeah, since the Lifinity tokens are released over a year, and the buybacks of flares continues. That means each emission of Lifinity tokens to flare holders will be larger than the previous. Is that correct? Um, so I think right now the model we're, we're probably going to do is a continuous model. So for example, I mean, so this is basically the same as like all the staking or liquidity mining programs that you see. You like stake your tokens and then like you can see the number of uh, rewards you have go up like every second or whatever. Um, so yeah, so first of all, yeah, I just wanna point that out so that it's clear that um, it's like basically continuous. So it might not be too meaningful to talk about like the next one is larger than the previous, first of all, and then all right, so they posted a clarification, so I'm just going to read it. Uh, I mean, since fewer flares each week after the buyback, so more of the 1% per outstanding flare. Yeah, so this depends entirely on, uh, one, how many flares have we bought back? And that always goes up, right? Like, we're not reintroducing supply into the market. So, yeah, we're always buying more back. But the other factor is how many are listed on the marketplace. And that we're not in control of and can go up and down. So it's not deterministic. You can't say it'll always be going down. Like if a ton of people list or if a ton of people delist their flares and hold them in their wallet, that's gonna decrease the amount of um, Lifinity that's distributed to the rest of the people. Um, yeah, so can't really know that in advance, yeah. All right, pancakeface.soul asks, will it be technically possible for flare holders to stake their flares for an X period of time to directly receive slash stake VE Lifinity? Uh, hold on, let me try to understand this. Will it be technically possible for flare holders to stake their flares 
for an X period of time directly receive slash stake the yield affinity. For example, lock your flare for four years in some uh, graphical user interface. Backend then claims daily Lifinity tokens, daily emissions, and vests for you to return your daily VE Lifinity. Um, okay. So, uh, okay, so I think if I'm not mistaken, what you're asking is like, you want to be able to stake your flare and then have the Lifinity emissions automatically converted to VE Lifinity for you. Is that correct? Okay. They say yes. So that would be convenient. Um, like maybe. But yeah, I guess I doubt it. Um, probably not a priority. I don't know, because like we're going to have to be developing a lot of stuff and we're going to have to prioritize some things over others. So I could definitely see the usefulness of this. And like, um, it'd be nice to fully automate this so like people don't have to claim and then lock their Lifinity every time, every so often. Um, but yeah, I can't give a yes or no as to whether we will do this or not. Um, yeah, there's like a lot of things we'd like to automate. So like just to give another example, um, an idea I had was, so um, back to part one of our tokenomics, you can exchange your LP tokens for VE Lifinity. Um, and if anyone's using like Invictus or Socian for the for, for like the similar bonding mechanism, you might be familiar with like how like you're often checking the discount on the bonds, and like waiting for it to get high enough for you to want to buy in. Um, what would be great would be if you could create LP tokens and then stake them and then set it so that whenever the discount on VE Lifinity reaches a certain threshold, then it automatically converts your um, LP tokens to VE Lifinity for you. That way you don't have to like constantly be monitoring the discount. Like that would be really cool, I think. Um, but yeah, so like th that's another thing. So like there's definitely a lot of things we could automate and would like to. But um, yeah, it's just a matter of priorities. And right now it's like hard to say what our priorities are. I think we'll lay, like it'll become a little bit more clear when we release our roadmap in part six. Um, and then, yeah, I think as we build things out, like people will come up with ideas for improvements and make requests. And so like, it'll be constantly adjusting, but yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I think, like overall it's a good idea and we will take it into consideration so yeah thanks for that all right uh raya nsc <laughs> asks to clarify to earn lifinity tokens after the ido we will have to stake our nft for how long yeah so you'll have to stake them and um the staking can be 
you can unstake it whenever you want. So like basically we're going to do a continuous model where for whatever time period that you have it staked, you will continually receive Lifinity token emissions. Um, but yeah, you can unstake and like sell if you want to, whenever you want. All right. Uh, oh, JY, back to JY3D's question. Yeah, I forgot to, or maybe I totally missed a point. He said, I was talking about Xlifinity. Um, so let's see, returning to that question. Where was it? Okay. Why the four year lock? Not a burn swap, four years forever. Um, well, I, I don't know, actually. Um, JY3D, can you like rewrite down the whole question? Otherwise, I feel like I'm a. Uh... Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, Pancake Face says, yeah, not urgent, more convenient to prevent weekly farming locking. Yeah. So, yeah, let's try to do We'll try to do that if at all possible. Uh, Abraham123 asks, is there a date for the IDO? Yeah, we're, so we're aiming for the end of March or in April. So no specific date yet. Um, we have some things we need to do. Namely, first, we are making sure that um, when we add new pools, they automatically get added to Jupiter. So right now it would have to be done manually, but there's a way to make it like happen automatically. So that's what's currently being worked on. I think it might be in Jupiter's hands right now. And then after that, we're going to open pools to the public to yeah make sure we can do deposits and withdrawals. And then finally for the IDO, which will be a VDI or VE IDO, uh, details in part six. Um, we're going to need to develop our VE Lipinity program before the IDO because we're going to use it in the IDO. So yeah, we're also working on that. So yeah, we have a bunch of stuff to do. And uh, like it's, you know, like uh, predicting um, development times is generally a bad idea. <laughs> um, sometimes it goes fast, sometimes it takes more time. So like, yeah, we just don't have a date yet. All right, JY3D says, I think you covered it. Not real clear on why Xlifinity is for, what it's for. It loses the governance of VE and possibly thin markets to sell in. Yeah, so why do we have Xlifinity? Maybe I should um, refer to the article because we listed a bunch of reasons um, and I probably won't have them all come to mind immediately. So I'm just going to open the article. Um, okay, so some of the reasons we listed. One is it enables users to transfer their VE Lifinity to another wallet. So to recap, VE Lifinity is non-transferable. So without Xlifinity, you wouldn't be able to transfer your VELifinity. Although even with Xlifinity, you can only transfer your four-year locked VELifinity and not the other ones. But yeah, this will enable you to switch wallets. Another reason is that um, you can exit your VELifinity position. So basically, you can sell your Xlifinity for USDC if you want to. 
Um, and like you point out, these markets could be quite um, illiquid because we're not planning to provide liquidity. So it's basically up to the community, like whoever wants to. Um, so basically the way this would work is like those who want to acquire more VE Lefinity, they can place USDC bids um, on Serum. And then whenever like somebody wants to exit their VE Lefinity position, they can market sell for the USDC. At least that's a, that's how I see it playing out. I doubt there's going to be much um, X Lefinity on the books because like if you have X Lefinity, you'd rather have it be VE Lefinity so that you're receiving uh, the protocol revenue. And if you just have it sitting on the books, you're missing that. So yeah, I feel like people will be much more willing to leave USDC on the books. And therefore I expect um, more of the Xlfinity to be like market orders to exit. Um, and yeah, so like you point out, this could be very illiquid. It's uh, totally dependent on like who's provide who's willing to provide liquidity for it. And like from our perspective, that's totally fine because like we don't really care about catering to those who want to exit. Like we're providing the option. But like it's not important to us that you are able to exit our token, um, our locked token, with great liquidity. Like it makes sense that we provide liquidity for Lifinity USDC because, um, like if you go through the unlocking process, like that's like the quote proper way to do it, right? It's like you waited your time, and so it, ha it makes sense to have liquidity for that. And also like, um, like for people who want to buy, it makes sense to have liquidity. But yeah, if you're looking to exit, like we're not like, like, <laughs> like we're not um, dying to make sure that you can exit at a great price. Um, so it makes sense that you're going to have to be, you're going to exit at a premium. Um, and yeah, it's totally dependent on whoever's willing to provide liquidity. I hope that makes sense. Um, so you continue. So mainly it's a vehicle for, to transport it around since it's a four-year commitment. Makes it a little safer for long lockers. Yeah, so another effect of this. Um, actually, I'll just go through the other two uh, benefits. One is that it opens the possibility of additional utility for VE Lefinity in the future. This is because once you make it into an SPL token, which Xlefinity is, then it's interoperable with all the other protocols. So you could, um, yeah, integrate with other protocols in various ways that VE Lefinity can't. And then finally, if we don't do this, other protocols will, and they'll extract a fee from our users in the process. And if you're familiar with the Curve Wars, this is exactly what happened with Curve and Convex. Curve has VECRV, but it does not have a method of tokenizing their four-year locked VECRV. And that's where Convex came in and was like, hey, we'll lock your Curve, your CRV, for four years and permanently keep it locked. And in exchange, we'll give you a convex curve or CVX CRV. And it'll be like a representation of your locked VE CRV. But they take, I think it's 16% of the rewards in the process, which is quite large. So like we're just providing the service for free to avoid that um, that loophole kind of like it would have been better if curve had that functionality um 
natively rather than having to rely on an external protocol to provide that. So yeah, if we don't do this, I think other protocols will do it. So yeah, we're just doing it from the start. All right, JY3D continues. Since you will be building out a stake system for flares, will that allow you to use other NFT projects as possible bonding slash staking assets in the future? Um, I'm not sure what you're getting at, but just to clarify, like our staking system, it's just a way for us to distribute uh, LFNTY tokens to flare holders. So initially our plan was to do airdrops, weekly airdrops. Um, but then we realized like looking at all these other projects that did airdrops, like it was very cumbersome. There's always errors, users complaining they didn't get the airdrop, um, Solana congestion causing many transactions to fail, just like very bad user experience, both for the devs and for the users. It's like a lose-lose all around, it appeared. <laughs> and so we're, we switched to this staking model instead. And so again, it's, it's purely just a way to be able to effectively distribute Lifinity tokens to those who deserve them, which is the people who um, basically aren't listing their flares on the market, just hold them in their wallet, uh, except yeah, now they have to stake them. So yeah, um, I mean, so yeah, we're, we're a DEX. So like, we're not really looking to do like a bunch of NF NFT stuff, if that's what you had in mind. Um, our NFTs, like the purpose was to bootstrap our liquidity pools and um, also start building a community. And uh, they've effectively accomplished those goals. Um, and yeah, the flares will just keep continue doing its thing, just like earning revenue and doing buybacks. Um, but yeah, we're not like looking to become, I don't know. Like in that sense, we're not like other NFT projects, I guess, where uh, like other NFT projects, they have to keep doing something to like always bring in new users for their NFT. And, um, but yeah, like we have this inherent or like basically the flares are backed by more than 20K of soul earning revenue for the flare holders. So yeah, that's what like always is creating the new demand. Like the protocol itself is creating the new demand rather than um, having to bring in new users continually. Although obviously that's also great too, to have new people coming in. All right, well, it appears I've reached the end of the questions on uh, Discord. So I can open it up to people who want to um, come on stage to ask questions if they want, in particular Twitter, since they aren't able to type questions. So if you, if someone wants to raise their hand, um, I can bring you on stage. So just let me know. Um, but yeah, I've done this in the past and uh, no one has really wanted to uh, come on stage, which is fine. So if that's the case, I might just end it. Um, but I'll give it some time.
Yeah, so usually I do these uh, AMAs later, about like eight hours later or so. Um, seems to be more people around at that time. So, yeah, I guess there's just like fewer people. All right. Oh, suddenly a lot of questions popping in. Okay, G Infill says they edited their question. All right, so the question is, do you think the slow growth of the community is relatively beneficial to the holders, or should we expand a bit? Um, so I think like whether slow growth or fast growth is better is um, actually, I think whether it's slow or fast is like the, the how do you say, like the side effect. Um, it's a it's a symptom rather than the cause, the underlying cause. So I think the reason we have slow growth um, is that, <clears throat> like, <laughs> one of the main things is like our project is not the simplest to understand. Um, there's a lot of moving parts, and you really need to do some reading and research to understand what we're doing. On the other hand, once people do do their research, they become strong believers in general. That's what I've seen. Um, because we have solid mechanisms. The way our flares and also our tokenomics works are um, they're just solid. So <clears throat> I think that's a major reason why we have slow growth. And so like looking at it from that perspective, I think it's probably good in the long term. It might um, hurt a little in the short term because, yeah, just because it's slow and um, it's harder to get people's attention because they need to dedicate some time to understanding it. And like, time is scarce, right? It's uh, the most valuable commodity. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, sorry, I didn't finish reading your question or whatever. So you said less holders means more shares, but more members makes the community stronger and up uplifts the price of flares. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's another thing. I guess, so with regards to flares, less holders means, like for us, I guess an interesting thing about the flares is that um, it's kind of good regardless of whether the price is high or low. If the price is low, that means we're able to buy back more. Um, and that's good because if we buy back more, that means the people who are holding will get more uh, Lefinity tokens when we start the distribution. On the other hand, if the price is high, that means um, if you want to exit, you can do that now at a much better price. So I guess it depends on like what your priorities are. Like if you're a flipper, 
then higher price is obviously better because then now you can sell for a profit. Whereas if you're looking to get the Lefinity token distribution, then you'd prefer a low price because that means we'll buy back more and uh, you'll get more Lefinity tokens. So yeah, I'd say it's a trade-off based on your preferences. All right, <clears throat> JY3D, thanks for the AMA. The early morning ones were tough to make. Yeah, I'm not a early morning guy myself, at least not these days anyways. So I feel ya. Weekend Whale asks, will token distribution to NFT holders be on the SSC model or uh, shadowy supercoders model? That is a certain allocation guaranteed to each NFT or will the distribution take place over a certain period of time? And if you're not staked, you missed it. Yeah, so it won't be the SSC model. So like, maybe I don't understand this fully, but like some one thing that's like confusing to me about the SSC model is that like each NFT has its own like fixed amount of um, shadow tokens that it contains. But like when you look at the SSC NFTs on the market, is there any way to tell how much of the shadow tokens they have left? Because then it like makes it really difficult to value them if they all have, they have a site where you can check. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure they do. It's just like, it's pretty inconvenient. You know, if you have to like type in each NFT that you see on like Magic Eden to like check how much shadow it has and then like calculate its it's um like adjusted value based on how much shadow it still has left <laughs> like it just seems pretty cumbersome but anyways yeah we're not going to be doing that uh we're just going to do it over the course of one year um yeah that's what we said from the start in our original article so yeah, it'll be distributed over a period of one year like it'll have and we'll distribute uh, a fixed amount each period and then however much each flare gets is dependent on how many flares are staked during that period so if there's like 9000 staked during a period they'll get x amount and if there's only 4500 staked during a period they'll get double the amount of when there were 9000 staked type of thing yeah all right Okay. All right, moving on. We have a JY3D asks, will the concentrated LP have a user front end kind of like UniV3 for adjusting width of bands? And how will you seek out other pools to bring in? All right, so I think you're gonna enjoy this. Um, I wrote a Twitter thread explaining how we're quite different from Uniswap V3. So like we do do concentration and that's probably why um, you're conjuring up Uniswap B3, but yeah, we're very different in how we work um, under the hood. And so like, I guess the simplest way to say it is like uh, with Uni V3, you specify the range that you want to provide liquidity in. Whereas on Lefinity, you don't, you just deposit your assets and then uh, Lefinity adjusts where you're providing liquidity for you. 
And the reason it's able to do this is because we use an Oracle. So the Oracle tells us what the actual price of the asset is right now. And we offer um, our prices based on that price. Whereas with UniV3, it doesn't know what the actual price is. Like you provide the liquidity and then it just it's just static until someone trades against it. And then the liquidity changes. Um, and our model has all kinds of benefits. Um, and one is just that it's much more convenient from a UX perspective that you don't have to keep adjusting your liquidity ranges to optimize um, your yield. And the other one is that um, basically we're able to avoid impermanent loss. So this isn't a guarantee. It's possible we have impermanent loss, but tests have shown that um, on average, we do much better than impermanent loss. And like, when I say better, like this is, so <laughs> I should, okay, to clarify, the Uniswap V2 and V3, all of their market making activities, like all of the trading they facilitate, there's only one possibility, and that is to um, experience impermanent loss. So you can only lose from market making. And so the hope is that you overcome that impermanent loss with the trading fees and from liquidity mining rewards if you have those. Um, with us, we're actually able to make a profit from market making. So basically, um, Uniswap V2 and V3, what they effectively do is they buy high and then sell low. And that's where this impermanent loss is coming from. Whereas with Lefinity, we're buying low and selling high. And we're able to do this because we use an Oracle. And so yeah, we make a profit not just from trading fees, but also from market making, which is incredible. <laughs> um, and you can see like the practical effects of this in numbers, just looking at our APYs. So for example, on our sole USDC pool, currently we have about, I think it was 60% APY or was it APR? I forget. Um, but yeah, about 60% from trading fees. Now already that's like really high. If you, if you're familiar with like um, constant product pools, like it's not that high. And so first of all, the trading fees, the reason it's so high is because we're able to do concentration. So like your rewards from trading fees aren't diluted by like tons and tons of liquidity, um, which is which is what you need in like Uniswap V2 models. But then on top of that, if you look at our APY or APR, again, I forgot, you can look on the website on our on our app in the pools tab, you can uh, see these numbers. Um, so, and right now it's not totally accurate because it's a 30 day average and we integrated with Jupiter less than 30 days ago. So it'll take a little bit longer to reflect the um, true numbers. But yeah, so our APR APY for trading fees plus market making is about 120%, I believe, which is like insane. This is for sole USDC, <laughs> no liquidity mining rewards. 120%. This is like unheard of. 
Um, and it's because um, our, our DEX is buying low and selling high. So yeah, I, I hope that answers the question. Or yeah, and if you want to take a deeper look into this, like if you want a better understanding of like how exactly this works, again, uh, I'll just refer you to that thread. So if you go to the um, the resources channel in our Discord and then click on the Lefinity Dex deep dive thread, it'll take you to the one where we explain how we're different from Uniswap V3 and uh, how how this how um, having an oracle makes a huge difference. So yeah, I'd encourage you to check that out. I think you'll find it very interesting. All right, I've once again reached the end of the questions. Let's see if anyone has raised their hand on Twitter, although I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, if you want to, just let me know. I'll bring you on stage. Um, yeah, I guess I'll give it a few minutes, and then if uh, there's no more questions, I will bring this to a close. Yeah, I will. I will continue answering questions as long as you guys have questions. So. Shadow says, thank you. These AMAs are so informative. You're welcome. That is their entire purpose. Um, yeah, we really care about um, like making sure our community is educated about the details. Um, we want everyone to understand what we're doing, why we're doing it, why it works, why it's effective. Um, it's just that it takes time. So yeah, we release a bunch of resources um, where you can learn yourself and also doing these AMAs. Yeah, JY3D found a post, got some reading to do. You are welcome. looking at our uh who's in our discord audience we got copycat shout out to copycat who's been doing um chinese translations of our medium articles really appreciate that copycat translates all kinds of solana articles so uh, the level of output is pretty impressive <laughs>
All right, Shadow is typing. So maybe I'll answer whatever that is, if it's a question, and then call it a day. All right, Shadow asks, any concerns on the recent SEC news on NFTs? Um, I saw a headline. I don't know any details. So what, they're investigating some NFT projects? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> like if they're looking into projects, like, we're not the project they're going to look into, right? <laughs> like, one, because... We're not doing anything scammy, but two, because like we're not huge. Um, so I don't think I'm worried. Um, we're also not like, like, so our model, it doesn't do distributions to NFT holders, which is like fairly common right now. Um, Cause we all often get questions like, what's the APY for holding a flare or like when staking stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we intentionally avoided that model because we were worried about regulations. So yeah, the buybacks I think is much safer than directly distributing soul to people. All right, so they're investigating whether tokens can be considered commodities or securities. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm no legal expert. I, If I say anything on this matter, I'm probably just, like, talking out of my ass, to be honest. <laughs> but I think, like, relatively speaking, compared to, like, all the other projects out there, I think we're in a good spot. So, like... I don't really see a reason to be worried. It's my big picture take on it. All right, Snix asks, from an outsider, what's different from your project um, compared to others that makes it special? Reading up today, I'm curious. All right, so I guess I'll give you the download. <laughs> so I'd say there's a few things. One is that we as a team took zero profit from the sale of our nfts so all the funds that we raised it went into our liquidity pools and it's earning trading fees for the flare holders which goes to buybacks and also to growing that liquidity that uh, earns the trading fees so yeah i think unlike other nft projects like so so like the common model is like the team takes uh, most, if not all, of the proceeds from the NFT sales and then promise to create value for the NFTs in like some other way. Um, and they probably often take a chunk of the royalties as well. So we as a team, we're not taking any of the royalties, any of the sale proceeds. It's just all for the flare holders. So I think that's huge um yeah i 
I should I explain the mechanism? I guess I kind of did. So basically, like 50% of trading fees plus the royalties, which is our revenue, 50% goes to buybacks, and 50% is reinvested into the pools. And then the flare holders get to choose what they want to do with the bought back flares. Um, yeah. So that's the gist of it. So like, yeah, that's one thing that makes it very different. Another thing I think is our art is quite unique. So we have animated NFTs, which is unique in itself. But then our, the art style I think is very unique. Um, like the profile picture projects, they generally have like bright colors and like, uh, man, I don't have the language to describe it, but like there's a certain aesthetic and like they all look in a way kind of similar. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that comes across as clear at all, or if you know what I mean by that. Um, and it might just be me. But like, so ours, it's like, it's very dark. It's like dark background. And then this like light or shiny character. Um, so in that sense, like they have a very different aesthetic, which I think a lot of people enjoy. Um, yeah. Let's see what else. So our flares are directly integrated with DeFi functionality. So, I mean, I explained this earlier, but <clears throat> the funds were put in our liquidity pool. So that's pretty unique. Um, and we already had a project or we already had the decks live and functional before we launched the NFTs. So, um, yeah, I guess, well, yeah, if you were going to buy the, the NFT sale, then that could have given you comfort. Um, so yeah, and one thing I guess I'll just mention that I really like about our model is that it's not dependent on having new people come in. I kind of mentioned this earlier, but uh, so other NFT projects, you need to always have a new group of people buying to keep the price up. Um, whereas with us, like we have a legit source of revenue from trading fees, which is totally uncorrelated from demand for our flares. Like if people just want to dump flares, it doesn't matter. We'll still keep generating revenue from trading fees um, and buying back the flares. So <clears throat> yeah, I that can um, provide confidence that uh, like basically the protocol will always be there to buy your flares. Um, the price will vary a lot depending on like the level of speculation and stuff, but yeah, there, there will always be a buyer. I remember you when you minted Faded You till now. <laughs> yeah, we hear that a bunch, I guess. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> I guess, like, I mean, so we were surprised how quickly we sold out, like two hours. And like, we weren't big at all. I mean, then like, we're still not that like well-known, I think. I mean, much more than we used to be, but. Um, and like people were saying, oh, this might be the next SSC, which is not a narrative we created. Someone just said that, and then it like kind of caught on for a while. 
So probably some people saw that and, and like aped in. Others like saw that and were like, oh, this is probably just like fake hype. And also there's like the uh oh, never mind. <laughs> I won't mention it. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> Alright. Anyways, yeah, I've talked about that enough. Alright, moving on, we have JY3D says, Will you add any stable LP pairs? Or does this DEX model not benefit from them? Yeah, so I think we mentioned this in a previous AMA, but we are, so we did some testing on stable LP pairs, see how our pools uh, function. And we realized it's, uh, we need to make some adjustments. Um, th so the difficulty with our model was that um, because the price between the assets barely changes, um, it doesn't incentivize or like the rebalancing mechanism doesn't work as well as we'd like it to. So for those who don't know, we have a rebalancing mechanism where we're always trying to keep our pools at 50-50 balance. Um, and so for example, if we have too much soul and not enough USDC in our pool, then what we will do is we'll slightly um, decrease the price of soul so that it's easier to buy from our pool and do the opposite for USDC. So then this encourages traders to buy soul from our pool and therefore it makes it more likely for the 50-50 balance to be restored. Um, so this, this mechanism, it doesn't work as well with stable pairs, we realized, because the prices barely change. Um, so yeah, we're looking how to make adjustments so that our pools do work better for stable pairs. Um, but yeah, so I, if I had to guess, I think our DEX model, it definitely benefits more for volatile pairs. And that's because an Oracle is much more useful there. So for like uh, stable pairs, um, like for, so you have like stable swaps, Mercurial and Sabre, for example, and they have token pairs like USDC, USDT. And the reason they're able to concentrate liquidity so much is because it's based on the assumption that one USDC equals one USDT. And so basically it's, it's as if they have an Oracle and the Oracle, it, it just never changes. It just says one USDC equals one USDT. And so they can concentrate around that price. Um, whereas they can't do that with Sol USDC because the price of Sol in USDC is constantly changing. Um, so I do think we do have, like our advantage is probably much greater with the volatile pools. But yeah, we'll have to see. We're still doing testing and making adjustments. So yeah, final results on how we'll do with stable pairs are forthcoming. So yeah, just stay tuned, I guess. And they continue, getting Lifinity rewards for no risk would seem tough. Um, hmm, not sure what you're referring to. Getting Lifinity rewards for no risk. Yeah, I'm not following. Maybe you can clarify. Um, if you mean like for providing liquidity, like just in case you're not aware, we're not going to do liquidity mining. So we're not going to provide Lifinity tokens for providing liquidity. 
Is that what you mean by like the no risk part? Like uh, providing liquidity for stable swaps is generally considered to be low risk because they don't have impermanent loss. Um, so I, I thought that might be what you're referring to. Um, yeah, and I guess like, so that's another reason, right? It's like, you don't have impermanent loss with stable pools. And like, one of the big selling points for us is that we we avoid that impermanent loss and in fact, can even reverse it to make a profit from market making. Um, but yeah, with uh, stable, stable pairs, uh, there's no impermanent loss to be had really, so. Uh, I'm not 100% on this, but like it feels like it's kind of a race to the bottom in terms of uh, maxing out your concentration and uh, lowering the trading fees. <laughs> so like the more concentration, the more you concentrate around the stable price, it's like you're leveraging a bet that the assets will not go off peg. Is kind of the way I interpret it, um, because if it does go off peg, off peg, then the more concentrated you are, the more screwed your pool is going to be. <laughs> when people are like trying to mass exit because this one asset become became depegged, um, but on the other hand, while it is pegged, like you're reaping more of the rewards because you have higher concentration around it. So. Yeah, that's kind of what it seems like to me. All right, Binox asks, I'm often asked what well-known protocol would you compare Lefinity to from another chain? Um, yeah, so I know that Dodo on Ethereum does use an Oracle, but it doesn't use it the way we do. I think the way we use it is basically like the most aggressive way. Um, so, okay, so to be honest, like I'm not 100% sure how Dodo functions. I just know that it doesn't work the way our pools does. Um, I think it uses an Oracle to like make adjustments to the price it offers, but like it's not the sole basis for offering the price, which is basically how we do it. Uh, like we also do rely on the the balance of assets in our pool, but that's only for rebalancing. It's not to like determine, okay, what price, like what base price should we be adjusting from? Whereas I, I've seen other protocols, like for example, I think HydraSwap works this way where you know, this one's on Solana and it's like a cross chain protocol. Like they have this mechanism, I think. So their base price, is based on the ratio of assets in their pool. So like same as a constant product AMM. But then they use the Oracle price to adjust their trading fees. So I think the way it works is the further off from the Oracle price, the price uh, inferred from the balance of assets in their pool is, the higher a trading fee they will charge. So they have a variable trading fee. Uh, I hope that made sense. <laughs> so yeah, those are some options that you can look into if you want to see other protocols that also 
use an oracle in one way or another. But yeah, I think Lefinity is the most aggressive. And uh, yeah. Black Phoenix. Actually, let me take a sip. My mouth is getting super dry. All right, Black Phoenix asks, is it too late to buy Lefinity flares? Did I miss the train? Well, you're not going to get an answer from me on that. I I refrain from speculating on the price. <laughs> so, but what I, what I will tell you is that um if you feel hesitant about buying Lefinity flares, that's fine. Um another way to get exposure to Lefinity if you like like our decks and how it works is to participate in our IDO will be like a month later or something around that time frame so yeah that's just another way you can get exposure um yeah it doesn't have to be through lifinity flares per se um yeah it's a really difficult decision i think to try to gauge like which is better like should i buy flares or should i participate in the ido like it's it's a common topic of conversation I see in the holders channels, people talking about like <laughs> uh, how much they want to uh, allocate to each and stuff. So yeah. Um, like the price of Lifinity Flares, it's dependent on how well our decks does because that's what's generating the trading fees. But it's also dependent on speculation. Uh, how many people are taking profit? Um, and like, that's, I mean, you can't predict either of those things. Well, like the trading fees part is pretty stable, I would say, unless, you know, like a protocol comes that takes a lot of the market share. Like currently we have 50% or so of the Seoul USDC and MSOL USDC markets combined, um, which is a lot, <laughs> given that like we only have 1.5 million worth of liquidity in total. Um, so yeah, I think you can expect that to be relatively stable, but the speculation part, I mean, you just never know, right? So yeah, I can't really advise you on that. All right, have we reached the end of our questions? Any last minute questions? Anybody on Twitter? Oh, we have a request. Let's see. All right, I have invited uh, Fired to the stage. Welcome. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Sorry, man. I was like, I couldn't listen to you. I couldn't get a time. So I just catch you at the moment. If I'm going to ask some question, maybe you already answered before. So are you happy with that? Yeah, dude. Go ahead. Nah, thanks, bro. Uh, so uh, I, I, I bought the, one of the uh, Lefinity NFTs. So I'm still holding it. So I just realized you said mention the staking process. I didn't do any staking, I just holding in my wallet, so I didn't know anything. I just 
I just saw you guys on Jupiter when I was doing the uh, swapping. I just ah, the why this guy like I didn't see before like because I've been using the tall ecosystem for a long time since maybe it came out, and then I just ah oh, infinity like what's this? Then I just you know I just uh, open the uh, Twitter, I just check it your website. Uh, that's awesome, and then yeah, I check your uh, the roadmap like it's impressed. And then I said, like, ah, oh, this guy, like, doing something, the underdog, you know, like, no one knows. <laughs> that's, that's really, really, you know, uh, underwhelmed directly this project. And then I just don't know the, your staking process. Can you please um, let me know? Because uh, and, uh, I'm, I'm also, like, part of the uh, Turkish community. As you know, the Turkish community is very big in this uh, blockchain industry. And then uh, probably the I would like to do the uh, AMA with you if you know if uh, the I'm impressed with you guys uh, your program all your staking things so in my next uh, step with you so I just wanted to know I just wanted to hear like uh, what was your project bro just can you please uh, go like summarize with me if you don't mind uh, su- summarize what exactly. Summarize like how it, how it's like the staking? working like. So I need to do the staking or uh, if I'm holding the like NFTs enough or. Oh, okay, okay. Like yeah, gotcha. Yeah, you're um totally fine just holding them right now. So um yeah, originally we were planning to do an airdrop to all our uh, flare holders. So like we would take a snapshot of whoever had flares in their wallet and then do the airdrop to them. But we realized that that's probably not the best solution, given that like other projects who do airdrops like ha- always have issues with like uh, transactions not going through and Solana congestion and um, tons of uh, users saying like I didn't get the airdrop and like having to deal with all this. So instead, what we decided to do was switch to a staking model, and so and that hasn't started yet, which is why you're totally fine. Um, it'll be starting after our IDO, which will be about a month from now, about. And uh, yeah, so after the IDO, we'll create a website where you can stake your NFTs. And then you can just leave it there and you'll start um, receiving Lifinity tokens. And then whenever you want, you can uh, claim your Lifinity tokens. And you can also uh, unstake your Flare whenever you want. So yeah. Pretty simple. Well, what 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 infinity token is there any utility with that, or just the what we're gonna do with that? Yeah, so actually we just started releasing um, the tokenomics for Lifinity token. It's gonna be a six-part series. Right now we've released parts one and two. You can find the links um, on our Twitter, also in our Discord, or just go to our Medium. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely lots of utility for Lifinity. That's cool, bro. Like, uh, as you said, it's a staking process. That's the, I think, safest way for the airdrop. That's cool. And uh, I just couldn't get you, bro. Like, how you guys, like, become the best swap platform on the, on the like, Jupiter? Like, can you please let me know? Like, I just don't know if it's not true. Yeah, so if you're not familiar with um, how our DEX works, <clears throat> um, we do two things. The, 
I guess, yeah, so the two things to mention is that one, we concentrate liquidity, and the other is that we use an oracle. Um, right now we use Pith, and that tells us the price that we should trade at. And uh, these two things combined enable us to um, provide the best price often. And also our trading fees are 0.04%, which is the lowest in the industry. So all these things combined uh, make it so that we're often appearing on Jupiter. That's, that's awesome, bro. Like, if, like, you know, the, whatever you guys are seeing, like, the, the thing is, like, it's just the, on the, for the soul, soul, like, when we are using, so, you guys, like, wanna do the, like, for the other coins as well, to be the best slot platform, I mean, slot selection. Yeah, we're definitely gonna add a bunch of pools. Um, we're actually working on a new one right now. Um, and yeah, after that, we're going to open the pools to the public so that anyone can provide liquidity. So those two things will be coming in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. That's, so that's awesome, bro. So I, and then one more question for the like, community. So you guys like want to do the, anything for the DAO or like in the future, you guys going to decide everything? Yeah, so we'll have two DAOs. Um, right now we have the Flare DAO, which is composed of uh, Flare holders, and they govern the bot back flares. Um, unfortunately, we can't really do votes yet because um, we're trying to use squads, but squads doesn't have batch voting functionality right now. So for example, we have one member with over 1,000 flares. So if they wanted to vote on squads right now, they'd have to make more than 1,000 transactions, one for each of their flares, which would really suck. <laughs> so we're waiting. 1,000? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so we're waiting for that functionality to be added to do anything there. And then the other one is once we launch our Lefinity token, um, you'll be able to lock it for VE Lefinity. You can uh, check more about these details in the tokenomics. And then, yeah, the VE Lefinity holders will be able to vote on uh, some things. So, yeah, that's the TLDR. Mm, that's, that's great, bro. And uh, so I'm the part of the one uh, DAO. So we are, uh, like, we are the most of the people are from Turkey. So we want to do the, like, you know, I don't know how, like, how the next community uh, can be, like, can be, like, partnership with you or anything, like, you know, like, is that, like, because, it, you know, it, I can't see it, I can't see, you know, they consume everything, like, in the blockchain, you know, DeFi is consumed, NFT is consumed, like, everything is, con like, everything is finishing up, bro. Right now, I can't see, exactly, I can't see what's going to happen, the, the communities. Community is going to drive everything. That's my that's my opinion for the blockchain at the moment. So if the communities cannot integrate it to your project for the next uh, next year, I reckon, in the upcoming years. So the this kind of project not gonna be uh, around here anymore. So that's my idea. So the that's my perspective for the blockchain at the moment. So, the, what was the, is there any plan for that for you guys? 
you mean uh, plans to like focus on community you mean the community with other communities like let's say just like any other communities nft communities are very strong as you know like you know the Solana monkey business we got yeah the other things you know they are very very strong and they are becoming very strong day by day so the if we if you don't realize that you know any any project any coins any any nfts they should be like uh, like open to anyone when they wanted to do like any partnership or like you know in the like let's say metaverse you know yeah, yeah. to integrate the metaverse thing so i'm just saying like for the, the new technologies in the blockchain you guys want to do anything is there any plan for that um yeah so like i'm I 100% agree. Like community is huge. You like, there's no way you can ignore that. Um, and also, we're totally open to um, er any kind of partnership. Um, so yeah, if there's something that some team would like to do, please reach out to us. Um, that said, I mean, like, I guess I didn't totally understand your question. Like, um, we're not gonna we're, we don't have plans to like, I don't know, do some like metaverse something we don't have plans for that i think one thing that is unique about lifinity as an nft is um, i kind of mentioned this earlier in the ama but um normally with an nft to keep momentum you need new people to join your community because otherwise there's no one buying your nfts um but there's always at least some people selling uh, with ours it's a little bit different because we always have a buyer, which is our protocol. Um, our like all the the funds we raised from the NFT sale went into the liquidity pools, and it's earning trading fees, and also one hundred percent of the royalties are being used for buybacks or to increase the size of the liquidity pool that's earning trading fees. So it's not as dependent on having a constant stream of new people joining um, to to buy your NFTs. But nevertheless, like, again, to emphasize, like, yeah, community, it's like so important, right? So, um, and uh, yeah, I, I think we have a really great community. Um, always very helpful to newcomers and always thinking of good ideas and like um, doing things themselves, like creating the bots on our Discord. And uh, now they're, um, they're like forming a group to uh, vet the whitelist opportunities that we get because we were getting kind of a lot and uh, I was kind of doing the the vetting but like probably not a great job because there's just like I didn't have the, the the capacity to do like deep research on all of them so now um, the community's going to be taking that up which is awesome um, but anyways I'm kind of going off topic yeah those are some of my thoughts yeah I got you bro no problem. Uh, yeah. So as you know, as you know, the, like market is very competitive. So if you do something new, so right now maybe there is not another uh, competition with you in this industry because you're doing different than others. So uh, like you know, in the next stage, maybe other project going to do the same thing. So is there any action for you to avoid to, like this competition? Yeah, I would say check out part one of our tokenomics. Um, the TLDR is we're going to look to own the liquidity that we provide. So normally a DEX, you need liquidity providers to provide all the liquidity, but we're going to try to own that liquidity so that we, we don't 
we can like graduate from being reliant on external liquidity providers. And if we reach that state, that means that people can still fork our code, but they can't fork the liquidity. So they're going to have to bootstrap their liquidity somehow, which is not easy. So I think that will um, give us longevity. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good the blockchain like just a uh, booming bro like everyone is hearing something even this twitter space if someone is hearing whatever we are talking you know maybe some developers with us that you know like anything can possible and you know they're gonna do whatever you are saying at the moment so that's why i'm just saying like whatever we need to do like just we need to do as soon as possible bro <laughs> yeah we're on it no worries no worries <laughs> all right i see some uh other people raising their hands so uh, thanks for your questions um thanks bro thanks no worries i really appreciate that uh, i'm just wanted to ask your uh permission like for the next maa for the turkish community you okay with that i just wanted to organize something with you yeah totally um let's talk on uh yeah just just shoot us a dm and uh, let's talk about it no worries man thanks bro i appreciate it all right talk to you later bye all right uh Wade Warren, I've approved you on the stage. Welcome. Hi, um, I joined late, so this may be redundant, but I'm curious uh, how you think the, um, like, what are your expectations for how other AMMs will respond, given that you have something like 50% of the USDC stall pool at this point? Um, and what do you expect kind of this whole market to look like in, in a couple of years? Yeah, good question. Also a very tough question. Um, I guess I expect one, so like the response of various other DEXs, I think a huge factor will be how big they are already. Um, yeah. And the larger they are, I think it'll be hard for them to make large scale adjustments. So for example, like Radium and Orca, which are quite large, um, I think it'll be difficult for them to, like for, for example, to like adopt our model. Um, it might be easier to adopt our DEX model, like the underlying trading mechanisms, but then they can't really copy the tokenomics because they're already quite like far into that. Um, so I don't know how they could stop it partway, or at least it would be very difficult, I think. Um, like if they wanted to adopt our tokenomics, they'd, they'd have to stop all liquidity mining. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that would mean like a huge loss of liquidity immediately. So I don't know, but yeah, with regards to the DEX model, um, yeah, that's really hard to gauge. I, I could imagine, like, it's easier to imagine, like, new, like, as of yet, non-existent protocols, just, like, copying our code or the model and, I don't know, making, like, a slight adjustment and then, like, trying to bootstrap them bootstrap themselves that way. Because, I mean, that would be pretty easy to do. 
and um but yeah i think the adjustment they make to whatever our model is i think it would need to have like a significant value add to like really take um mind share and capital away from what we've built because um like we've built a lot of credibility uh, and a community um so yeah like small adjustments probably won't cut it yeah yeah um yeah so what will the deck sorry go ahead no no you go ahead (laughs) um is is the constant product model dead yeah i don't think it is um i think it's still going to be useful for especially smaller tokens um so like basically and actually, we're, we're going to use it too. We're going to use it for Lifinity USDC. And the reason is you can't concentrate. Um, you can't do concentration for a pool unless it has a Oracle. And so like you need to start somewhere, right? And the great thing about the constant product model is that it provides liquidity at all prices. Um, so, I mean, yeah, but the bad part is that it's very inefficient and there's lots of slippage and all that but so like it's 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 a good starting point basically but then like once you have your token listed on centralized exchange and like market makers are providing liquidity like that's when you can start to graduate from the constant product model gotcha and um i'm curious to better understand the the kind of the data sources for pricing on pith are those mostly um centralized uh exchanges or where is that data coming from and yeah so i think pith provides a comprehensive list but they basically have like very reputable um it's a combination of market makers centralized exchanges and traders i believe so yeah like if you see these names a lot of them you'll have you'll know them well because they're in crypto but then other ones are just like tradfi like yeah. big, big TradFi names. Um, yeah, that's my understanding. Gotcha. I, I really appreciate the answers. Useful stuff. No problem. Thanks for the questions. All right. Let's see. thought we had another person requesting, but they disappeared. Um, okay, we have one question back on the... Uh, the uh, Discord. So, give me a second. Oh wait, uh, we do have Mike zero 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 three. I've added you to the stage. Welcome. Uh, you're muted. In case you don't know. All right, not hearing from Mike at the moment, so just gonna go to the Discord question. Oh, sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. my bank's not a crank. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Sorry about that. No worries. Uh, okay. I'm just wondering, uh, like I came a bit late as well, just like wait, and but I've been like I've only been three days deep into the research of Lavinity. I picked up like eleven off the market recently. Um, super excited about the what you guys are doing, but I'm very uh, new to the whole. Pool and um, DeFi market. 
sorry about the about baby crying. One second. It's alright. Um, just just hand it off to the mother. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, one of the things that I've been looking at um as a competitive space, I know you got fifty percent market share, and um you're trying to figure out how to um you know keep that edge. Um, just wondering with the hawk side men today. Is there any overlap with what they're doing? Because I, I have no idea what they're doing. I, I read all of your stuff and I kind of understand it conceptually. Did you say Hawkside? Hawkside? Yeah, I yeah. Hawkside? Or uh-huh. first Hawkside? It was a mint today. They're doing all these um, yields, farmings, and AI uh, right. related things. And I'm just wondering if there's any overlap. Um, that's my first question. And secondly, um, I see that you're bringing back trading uh, profits and the buyback pools. Um, are you planning on increasing your current pool, which is already very large, um, at some stage? Those two questions. Do you mean increasing the number of pools? Uh, well, like the, the total funds that you've deployed. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so Hawksite, um, as far as I know, there's no overlap. I mean, we're basically just a DEX, and they are a uh, yield aggregator. I'm not sure if that's... 100% accurate, but like th- there's some sort of aggregator. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like you you said, they use AI machine learning to offer like various strategies and stuff. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we're not going to do, we're not going to be doing anything like that. So I don't think there is overlap. Uh, yeah. And then are we going to add assets to our pools? Yeah, so... Um, so we are going to add, so like, so one thing is we're going to open up pools to the public so that people can add assets if they want to. So that will definitely increase the amount of assets in the pool. Um, and then, so I, I want to mention part four of our tokenomics, which isn't out yet, but it talks about how our pools will basically have an optimal level of liquidity. And ideally, we don't really want to go beyond that amount. And the reason is, when you go beyond this, we call it the target liquidity, then the um, trading fees per LP token starts to decrease. So basically, your liquidity starts to be used less efficiently. Um, and so we, we don't really have a reason to acquire liquidity beyond that point. Um, it might, so it will increase our trading fees a little bit, but at the expense of the LPs that were already in the pool. Um, so in other words, basically it'll start to decrease the APR of our pools. And so we have a mechanism for how to regulate that based on the target liquidity and um yeah we get into more details in part four on that but yeah yeah so it's something we've definitely thought about hope that awesome. yeah i have i have one final follow-up sure. to that point um i see that your trading pool profits have been uh you, you started to release that data in the announcement um i'm just wondering do you guys have a projection for like how how high that pool will get the trading like per week um, data? That you, do you have a projection for like how that's going to grow? Is it going to stay stable or is it kind of random? The trading volume. The trading profits. Profits. I think it's, 
so there's like a pool yeah there's two numbers that you were showing like the yeah, yeah. and then the trading profits oh okay um, gotcha gotcha yeah 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 so i think that will vary quite a bit it's dependent on many many factors so one is um <laughs> like where to start okay so like one it's dependent on the trading volume on jupiter um, which in turn is going to be dependent on other market makers so how competitive how or yeah so there's going to be other market makers especially on serum and the question is how aggressively are they quoting like how narrow of a spread are they quoting on Sol USDC and then Sol USDC. So that will affect it. Um, Cause if they're, if their spreads are wider, that means we get more volume and generate more trading fees. Um, so there's that. Um, and then this is not something we're doing yet, but eventually we'll add more pools. And then we will automatically optimize um, the pools in which we're depositing the flares as liquidity. So in total, like flares have 20k plus worth of soul of liquidity, even though like part of it is in USDC, of course. Um, but yeah, we'll continually adjust that to optimize the trading fees for them. So it depends on like what pools we have and what APRs each pool is able to generate. But of course, that is also dependent on other LPs depositing in the pools. Um, because if more people deposit, like I explained earlier, especially past the target liquidity point, then it can start to um, decrease profits. So actually we have a mechanism to disincentivize people from depositing beyond the target liquidity. Probably not getting worth getting into details right this moment. But anyways, so yeah, there's many factors that will affect it. So it's um, like if I gave a projection, it probably wouldn't be very meaningful. So I'm just not gonna. <laughs> sure, thanks. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the questions. All right. No more requests to speak at the moment. All right, so back to Discord. Uh, let me take a sip. All right. Uh, Binox asks, is the integration of new pools a difficult process dependent on Jupiter to implement? Um, so... Uh, so it can be automated, and that's what we're working on right now. Like, uh, every time we add a pool, it just automatically gets integrated into Jupyter. That's what we're working on. So this will save us time in the future. So, yeah. Secondly, tuning pools. Is this done via Jupyter or another custom-made administration platform? Um, this is not done via Jupyter. And but by, by tuning pools... I assume you mean like choosing the level of concentration and uh, the rebalancing factor. And uh, let's see, were there other parameters? But like stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Jupiter is totally unrelated to that. Um, and it's also not automated. Like basically you have to do a bunch of data analysis to figure out what's best. Um, so yeah, the team is doing those fine tuning processes uh, and Binox says the bot is sometimes called Mr. Hungry. All right, JY3D says, I see the benefit of POL and how locking 
or I should say, I see the benefit of protocol-owned liquidity and how locking makes it grow faster. Lefinity token doesn't have a guarantee to any treasury, does it? Um, yeah, so like there is no redemption mechanism. There, you can't be like, hey, protocol, I'll give you some Lefinity, please give me back LP tokens. There is no such functionality. You can convert, you can sell your Lefinity for USDC and then buy LP tokens, of course. But yeah, um, that is kind of the whole point of this protocol owned liquidity in general. Like it's so that the protocol owns it and it's final and there's no way to uh, withdraw it in any way. Yeah. And then continuing says, is the way value of the Lefinity token keeps afloat? So I'm, okay, I'm going to reread it. Is the way the Lefinity token keeps its value from buybacks of the token from the treasury? Um, so it is from buybacks. Um, and those come from uh, the revenue generated. So we get into the more details on this in part four. But the TLDR is that 50% of the revenue that's generated using the protocol-owned liquidity is distributed to holders, BE Lefinity holders, and then the other 50% is used for buybacks. So yeah, that will be a huge factor contributing to increasing the value of Lefinity. Boom. Let's see, any speakers? Nope. All right. Well, we've reached the end of all our questions. Any last minute questions? All right. Looks like everyone's been satisfied. Thank you everyone for all the great questions. Um, and yeah, thanks for joining the AMA. Appreciate it. Um, let's see, anything coming up? I guess next we'll have part three of our tokenomics being released pretty soon. Um, we'll be covering voting and bribing. So if you're familiar with the curve wars, um, you can see some similarities in how our tokenomics will play out. Uh, bribing will be great because it'll be an additional source of passive income for VE Lefinity holders. So yeah, stay tuned for the details on that. And uh, yeah, thanks again for joining. Until next time, cheers.